Welcome to the Beards and Bible Podcast, a podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the reformer Martin Luther, Whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts Rick and Patrick for this week's discussion. Welcome back to episode number 65 of the Beers and Bible podcast. I am Rick. And I am Patrick. And we are happy and excited to be with you again tonight. It has been a long week. Yeah. Um, hopefully by the time this comes out, we'll know who won the election. We <laughs> Didn't still, we say that last week? Yeah, we still don't know. <laughs> There's all sorts of stuff going on. So, To be fair, the Associated Press called it for Joe Biden. So whatever that's worth. They've yeah. called, I think I saw, uh, they've called every presidential election since, like, Jonathan Taylor. And they've gotten it right every time. Yeah. But so know. it's not I mean, like when Fox News calls it, it's when the know, Associated Press calls it, it's pretty legit. But is the Associated Press doing the deep investigating and journalism? It's just no, they're not. Claims. So, I mean, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Tonight, we're going to limit our talk on the presidential election because we're, um, I mean, Rick and, I were, the Lord. <laughs> Rick and I were talking about it earlier this week, and I am just exhausted from all the election stuff. Yes. So what we're going to do, though, is we're going to talk about beer. Yes. Because beer makes people happy. Yes. Unless you're an independent fundamental Baptist, then it makes you sad. But Or a, um, legalist, or a teetotaler. legalist teetotaler of any kind, <laughs> of any denomination. We love you, and we respect your decision, and we also disagree with your uh, That's right. position. So, uh, Rick, what do you got? What do you have on top tonight? So tonight, I went and found the biggest beer can I could find. Uh, not Good really. <laughs> but it is, it's a 16-ounce beer, and it's from Parish Brewing in Broussard, Louisiana. Uh, brewed and canned by Parish Brewing in Broussard, Louisiana. And it is called Grand Isle. And it is a, per the can, it is a coconut, kiwi, lime, Berliner-style beer. So, uh the picture or the can is actually just a big old picture of a house on the beach, and there's a shrimp boat out there in the in the water. Uh, it says "Greetings from Grand Isle." It looks like a TV commercial from the fifties. Hmm. So that's what I've got. What do you have on tap for tonight? So I have got from the Gate City Brewing Company in Roswell, Georgia. I've got the Terminus Baltic Porter. Um, the website has like no useful information, um, but the can, uh, describes it as an impressive intersection of dark malts and mild European hops, yielding mm-hmm. an uncommonly drinkable all seasons porter, um, 7.8 ABV. Nice. Another strong one. It's got a cool. So you, you're going with the strong ones. Look at this. That's, that's kind of cool. Dude, that's pretty cool. The, the can's got like a bird with a with hops on it. So, the only thing I could think of when you said Terminus was the name of your beer was The Walking Dead. That was like the sanctuary thing that they lived in for a while, for almost like a whole season. It was called Terminus. Or they were trying to get to Terminus. That's what it was. I watched like two episodes of The Walking Dead. So, <laughs> I, did not get, I did not get into The Walking Dead. I think, uh, I think The Walking Dead was filmed in Georgia, somewhere near... I don't, I don't know where Roswell is, but it's uh, it was filmed in Georgia. I do know yes. The Walking Dead was filmed in Georgia. Yes, it was. A lot of it was, yes. So, well, well let's crack some beer open before this stuff gets hot, and let's drink it, and uh, let's have some good discussion tonight. Yeah. I'm, I'm locked and loaded. Let's do it. Here we go. One, two, three, crack. Oh, it's an interesting smell for mine. 
Mine is very portery. <laughs> also, my glasses are frosted, so um, this might be a really, really disappointing experience for me. Dude, that is very portery. I can see the the head on it. Mm -hmm. the, it's it's well. There's still some in the can. I'm trying to get it all out. Mine. I don't. I guess. Uh. I guess I've got to. I've got to learn a little bit more. But I don't know exactly what a Berliner style beer is. I think that sounds Germany. It like does. German e, not like Germany, but. <laughs> uh, but it, it smells. Uh. It smells almost like an IPA. Hmm. Is the is the way it smells like a German IPA? So Berliner, this is according to craftbeer.com. A Berliner is low in alcohol, refreshingly tart, and often served with a flavored syrup like Woodruff or raspberry. The Berliner style Weiss presents a harmony between yeast and lactic acid. So, there you go. I have no idea what any of that means. I don't either. Sounds like you're supposed how... to mix it with stuff. <laughs> Which I've seen, um, we've talked about Tipsy Bartender on here before. Yes. Um, he uses beer as a mixer and a lot of stuff. Huh. It's an interesting idea because I never thought, I just think of beer as something you just drink straight up. Yeah. Um, but no, he uses it as, you know, mix it with all sorts of stuff. So, um, mine is very, I mean, it's like porter right there, yeah. son. <laughs> it almost smells like the Hershey's porter, and it's not. I can guarantee that because I cracked open a can and the Hershey's are in bottles. <laughs> it's got a little, like a, almost a uh, coffee-esque okay. uh, smell profile. Well, there's only one way to see how good they are. Yep. Let's turn them up. Let's do it. Bottom Bottoms up. up. That is not at all what I was expecting. I will say this. The taste does not match the smell of this one. When I went with the smell, it did not. Like, it didn't, it didn't make me think this is what it's going to taste like. But it's actually, I'm surprised. I'm, this, is, this might be a good thing right here. Because it's getting a little bit better as I go. You and I are having different experiences. <laughs> You're not having a good experience right now. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and go? I'm okay. going to process a little bit more before okay. I... Like, or you can get a one Luther, our very first it's, one Luther. It's not that bad. It's not Natty Light. It's not Coors Light or anything like that. It's just... Uh, so I'll, I'll explain. When, when I read that this was a tart beer, uh, a Berliner is a tart style beer, it actually... It, I kind of leaned a little bit toward this, but this almost tastes like a cider. Okay. Like a a fruity um a fruity tropical cider is is really kind of what it tastes like. Um it's really light. I can see it's really it, it being light. Mm -hmm. Um it's got uh it's I'm I'm trying to if I had to describe it the way that I normally describe things, which is like a combination it's the combination of like Zima and uh, Bud Light. This can be the, and I realize how weird that sounds, mm -hmm. but it's got the the tart. Like I, I wouldn't drink this to to quench my thirst. You know, if I had just finished cutting the grass and I needed to just choke some beer, I would not chug this because I would be thirstier when I finished than when I started. <laughs> this is a this is a drink to enjoy it beer. Yeah. Yeah, or or you drink it while you're eating something else to to kind of wash the the flavor out of your mouth a little bit, um, or you use this to wash the flavor of whatever it is you're eating. Which it says um, on their on their website. Actually, no, it was on the when I was on the Berliner. The Berliner said it paired well with cheeses. I could totally see how this would go well with cheese, hmm. um, because uh, it's just. It's got a, it's not quite to a sour. Um, the, I think the closest beer I can say that, that we've done on the podcast is it's going to be 
close to the strawberry 23. Okay. Um, or possibly like a watermelon goze, but it's not the watermelon flavor. It's a, it is that coconut kiwi flavor. Okay. And then it's, it's the, the lime that you can taste the lime. You can taste all three flavors that they say are in it. The coconut, the kiwi and the lime, the lime almost gives it a slight inkling to margarita esque type drink. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to come in. I'm going to give this one. Um, I'm going to give this one four Luthers. Um, I was not okay. expecting it to be what it is. Um, but it's, it's good. It's light. It's, it's, uh, for what it is, it's a good beer. Okay. And so I'm, okay. I'm going to come in four Luthers out of five. Okay. Um, so I was really struggling with this one. Uh-huh. Um, I think part of it is because I didn't have a really good, like, my expectations were not, uh, I've, I've, I've only ever had a, I have had a couple of different porters, and so that was kind of what my expectation was. Um, I did a quick Google search while you were talking, not that I wasn't listening. Okay. <laughs> um, and have you ever heard of the untapped social network? Yes. So I follow, uh, for beer stuff, I'll, I'll read untapped and I'll read beer advocate. Okay. That's the two kind of websites I'll go to. Okay. So I've managed to find untapped and I might actually join it as a member here. Um, but so I found the, I found the terminus from Gate city brewing and the flavor profile they list here is chocolate, mild roast, caramel, and coffee. Okay. So mm-hmm. with that information in my head, I took another sip and it was, it, hedged my expectation of the beer a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, when I opened it and I smelled, I had a very, like, it was co- it was a coffee smell, but it was mm-hmm. like, um, like coffee ground, like day-old coffee grounds. Yeah, okay. That, that was kind of the smell I was getting. Um, now, and, and there, there's definitely a coffee flavor in the beer. Um, it's not terrible. It's not great. Um, ooh, excuse me. I'm, I think I'm actually going to give this... Uh, I don't want to go too low because it, it, <laughs> it wasn't the beer's fault that my expectations weren't... Like, there wasn't a clear foundation for it. I think I'm going to give it three and a half Luthers. Okay. Um, the more I thought I, you were going to go full blown like two and a half there for a second. Well, before <laughs> I did some extra research, um, I was I was laying in like two two and a half. Like oh wow, with, with no with no um, with no further explanation because the can doesn't say it's like a coffee porter. The the can yeah. says it's a Baltic porter. I don't know if that is the same thing. But yeah. but there's yeah, I but I can definitely taste. I can taste the coffee and I can taste uh-huh. the caramel that um, the untapped uh, thing says it tastes like. So, um, I don't have any issue giving it three and a half. My expectations were shifted a little bit. And so Mm -hmm. that helps, uh, helps me justify giving it three and a half instead of what my initial reaction was, was like to not drink the rest of it. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, here's what craftbeer.com says about Baltic Porter. Since we're in the mood to, to read about beer tonight, the Baltic Porter is a smooth, Cold fermented and cold lagered beer brewed with a lager yeast. Because of its alcohol strength, it may include a very low to low complex alcohol flavors and or lager fruitiness such as berries, grapes, and plums. Um, this style has the malt flavors of a brown porter and the roast of a Schwarzbizer. I don't know what that is, uh, but it's bigger in alcohol and body. So... Uh, they suggest you uh, drink it with while you're eating prime rib or deconstructed s'mores. <laughs> it's like the most random things you could ever say to drink something with. 
literally uh, the food pairings prime rib aged gouda and deconstructed s'mores <laughs> craft beer i think you're drunk you need to go home <laughs> i mean that makes literally no sense but okay i'll i'll uh i'm not gonna worry about it so all that to say three and a half's not bad yeah i mean it's it's better than my brain was telling me at the beginning. Right, okay. Um, my brain was like, dude, don't... My brain was telling me to get rid of it. <laughs> like, to not to take the other five and, and just get rid of them. Be um, done with it. <laughs> yeah. Which is not... My brain never told... I have beer in my fridge I've had longer than I'd like to admit. <laughs> so... Um, and and we've both established that both of us have high uh, affections for beer in general. So yeah, and so <laughs> the flavor as I keep tasting it, the flavor comes in waves. Uh huh. Like it's initially almost sweet, and then you get like the it's like a bitter chocolate flavor, and then you get a really strong coffee kick at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's almost the way mine is. Is as far as like the flavor profile, you. It's almost like it never ends. It kind of it, it hits you, and it's got this punchy cider, tart cider flavor. Mm-hmm. And then as it goes on, you can taste uh, the kiwi, and you can taste the coconut. It kind of gets sweet uh, as it leaves a, like a sweet aftertaste in your mouth. Yeah. So, well, there you go. That's the uh, the Grand Isle from Parish Brewing and the Terminus Baltic Porter from Gate City. Uh, the Parish uh, Grand Isle getting four Luthers from Rick. The Terminus getting three and a half Luthers from Patrick after much contemplation yes. um, and, and thinking. Uh, so, well, now we're going to move on. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to see where this heads tonight. So stick around. Welcome back to the Beers and Bible Podcast. We have completed our beers. I think I've completed mine. I don't know about Rick. His glass is empty, so we're good to go. Um, and so tonight we're gonna we're gonna veer a little bit off of our what our typical uh, structure is. We usually have a somewhat guided discussion centered around a singular topic, whether it's from a book or just what's going on in the world today. And as we hinted earlier, um, we're just kind of tired and uh, exhausted from talking about the election, whether it's on the podcast or in life in general. And there's not really much more to talk about in the culture, especially in the United States. So um, we're going to veer away from that a little bit. And tonight, um, Rick and I are going to share a little bit about ourselves, um, some things that we like and why we, why we, uh, enjoy those things and, um, just kind of talk about our own walks with Jesus a little bit mm-hmm. and, um, and, and, and without revealing the entire identity of ourselves, um, just kind of share a little bit about who we are and, 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 and that, so. Yeah, we have, so over the course of now 64 episodes, we have dropped little hints, you know, we'll, we'll say this, you know, I'm this type of person, or I'm that type of person. And what we want kind of to do tonight is just, honestly, it, it's it's really, we just want to talk about something that's good. Um, there's, there's so much destruction, there's so much uh, polarity, there's so much bad in the world. Um, sometimes you just, you just want to take a break and, and you want to rest your soul and you want to say, let's just talk about things that are working, things that are good, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, but something that you can focus on that says, I'm, I'm going to make it through today and tomorrow. And, and ultimately that hope is found in, in no one other than the person and work of Jesus Christ. And I, yeah. I think if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know that about both of us. Yes. But there are just times in your life where you're physically exhausted. There's times in your life where you're mentally exhausted and you just want to do 
something to to give yourself a break from from what is is you know driving you to exhaustion yeah um and and god gives us these things you know we're man is not made to labor 100 percent of the time if you if you have studied the bible at all you know that there's uh what's called the year of jubilee and it's a time of rest it's all it's in for them the israelites it was an entire year of rest and and so in that time in this time of rest just we're going to talk about things that we enjoy things that we love um it might be something it might be something simple but for us it it's part of what god has built us to be yeah and, and so and, so and yeah I, yeah and i think it's important to to note that every believer has has their own um personalities their own likes their own dislikes and mm-hmm. what things that rick likes patrick may not like or yeah. patrick may find you know we might find something the other likes kind of or, or we just don't share that and that's okay because god made us each individually different and wired us in such a way to where we can have similar experiences but unique experiences yes yeah so so that's where we're going with tonight and patrick i'm gonna i'm gonna let you start off i'm gonna let you say Share with us something that that you enjoy, something that you love, something that you like to talk about. Give it to us. So, um, you know, you always try to. We always try to tie things back to scripture. Um, but one thing that I really, really enjoy is music. Um, I have been a musician in some form for like 14, 15 years, um, started in middle, like in middle school, I was in the band in high school. I was in the, the, the orchestral band, the marching band. Uh, I started playing bass and guitar in high school and really, um, guitar is like acoustic guitar is where I've landed is like my favorite instrument to play. Um, just because of the versatility, really. I mean, you could lead worship with an acoustic guitar, and you can also sit around a campfire and play, like, Sweet Home Alabama or <laughs> Freebird on an acoustic guitar. Play Freebird! I, I mean, I've, I've heard that before, um, and I can't play much of it. So, um, so I mean, I love music of all kinds. I, um, you know, you have your... You know, your church music, I, I love contemporary worship. There's some classical uh, hymns and stuff I love. Um, I grew up on, like, 90s country, mm-hmm. Garth Brooks, Alan Jackson, <laughs> George Strait, those guys. Um, and, and, I, and I still listen to country some. I've list, I listen to pop and hip-hop and rock. And I, grew up, I also grew up on Journey. I've seen... You know, without revealing too much about myself, I've seen Journey three separate times with three different singers. Like but was Randy Jackson playing bass? Negative. Not in any of them. <laughs> He's actually... So, so funny story. Randy Jackson was the bass player of Journey in the mid-80s. Uh-huh. And um, I was born after that, so that wouldn't be possible. But he just now... Uh, rejoin journey as a bass player like in, like in the last like six months or so he is going to be the bass player of journey dude that, if that makes ever, me happy if they ever go back on tour <laughs> if tours ever begin again because of coronavirus yeah. so um but i've used my i've used music you know my musical abilities in church and um i really do love it i really do love serving um serving the church body, whether, you know, regardless of what ministry that is, I've, I've led worship in, in a variety of different capacities there. So, um, but I really love music of all kinds, all genres, um, except for like trashy rap. I don't like that stuff. <laughs> are your, are your playlists schizophrenic like mine are? A little bit. Um, let's see here. 
Let me pull up, let me get my Spotify pulled up and I'll, I'll show you what I mean. <laughs> so my light songs, I've recently added Missing You by John Waite because I, I forgot about how good that song is. Uh-huh. Um, then I've got some Phil Wickham. Yep. I've also got The Greatest Show. Oh, it's so good stuff. Um, Please tell me you have some Hamilton on that list. I do. Uh, <laughs> but I also have Gary Allen, Jason Aldean, John Anderson, MKTO, that's their pop group. Um, I mean, I've got a wide range of, of, of things on my playlist, so. Um, that's cool. Here's here's a fun fact for you. I don't know if you knew this about me. Uh, I actually met Garth Brooks' songwriter one time. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I was working at a golf course. Okay. And the Nashville country music writers, I don't they, whatever their like group is, mm-hmm. they came and they they had a, a tournament, a little whatever tournament at our golf course. That's cool. And and uh, this guy rolls up in a really expensive Mercedes. And he gets out, and I get his car, I get his clubs out, and put them on the golf cart for him. And I, the little tags that you have on your uh, golf bag, his name tags or whatever, it said Alan Reynolds. And I don't know if you've ever looked on the back of a Garth Brooks CD, but like almost all of his songs are written by a guy named yeah, Alan yeah, Reynolds. Yeah. That's cool. And so I was like, "Hey, do you write songs for Garth Brooks?" He's like, "Yeah, I've written a few songs for Garth." And I was like, "He just called him Garth." Okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> I would be like, oh, Mr. Brooks? Yes, Mr. Brooks? <laughs> I, so I actually saw Garth Brooks um, live when he did his, when he went back on tour in oh. like 2014. That was a phenomenal concert. Yeah, that's that's one concert I want to see. That's a, that's a bucket list concert for me because I, I've always loved Garth Brooks. I mean, and the guy's one entertainer of the year some record number of times or whatever, but, but, uh, just, I mean, I grew up singing Garth Brooks songs. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that it, this, this will date me. I, I taught myself how to sing harmonies with Garth Brooks songs because they were so easy to mm-hmm. harmonize with. And so, yes, and, and his voice was, uh, uh I felt like mine kind of blended with his, uh, you know, that maybe that was a pipe dream, but I wanted to be backup singer for Garth Brooks. I think we all did. I actually, so I actually low key taught myself how to play guitar using a Garth Brooks um, songbook. Nice. I would play along with the, I would listen to the CDs because we got all the CDs. Mm-hmm. And um, I would, you know, figure out the chords and play them along with, uh, with a lot of, a lot of the Garth Brooks songs. So that's awesome. Yep. Music is awesome. I'm I'm a uh, I'm also a musician, and so I can appreciate Patrick's love for music. Um, I grew up playing the uh, piano and guitar and uh, several other instruments. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, we we came from a musical family. My parents, you know, it was funny. My parents kind of forced me to to take piano lessons in kind of midlife. Like I. I I have an older sister and she took piano lessons and I would always go in there and like try to peck around. And so my parents said, well, we should put him in piano. Well, I, I went into lessons and learned and I got pretty good at it. And then, uh, seventh or eighth grade, you know, when you're a boy and you're in the seventh or eighth grade, being a musician is not cool. Um, and, and so I, I got to the point where I didn't, (laughs) well, it depends on what school you're in. And what uh, instrument you play? And what instrument you play? That's true, um, but uh, but I got to I got to the point where I didn't want to play anymore. But I took my parents made me tough it out. They said, "No, we're not going to let you quit. You have to tough it out. You have to go through." And so I did. I committed to it. And then when I got to about tenth or eleventh grade, I really figured out that the girls liked musicians. And so at that point, I was like, Psh, "I'm all in." <laughs> <laughs> all about getting them digits that's right uh, let me get let me hold them digits um so yeah i I love music as well um but i'm not going to talk about music tonight um uh, one of the things that i love uh that i i have i really have grown to love just in the last probably five to six years is reading um 
my parents uh, always tried to make me read when I was younger, and I never wanted to. I always wanted to be the kid playing video games. Um, I always wanted to be the kid tinkering on electronics. Um, I never wanted to read anything because I felt like reading was a waste of time. Um, and and the more I have grown up, and and the more uh, it, it's it's really almost ironic. Uh, but the older I get, the more tech savvy I am, but the less I want to use electronics. Right. Um, and, and I don't, I don't know if there's any other millennials. I mean, I think, uh, I'm, I'm like, so I would be the top end of the millennial range. Um, if you consider millennials like 1980 to 2000, mm-hmm. I'm going to be in the, I'm, I'm going to be closer to 1980 than I am to 2000. Um, but, but we, so we grew up, I mean, it was all the electronics came. We had Game Boy, we had Nintendo, we had Atari, which Atari came, was really a few years before me, but um, Nintendo was really the first huge kind of video gaming console. Super Nintendo, Sega, N64, Wii, Playstations. All of that was, was my childhood. And so that was what, that's what I wanted to, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm going to play video games my whole life. It, it, I realized now if I'd have been born 20 years later, I could probably be a, a billionaire because I could just play video games on YouTube and, and make millions of dollars. Um, but, but you still do that. You got enough time. <laughs> you got free time to do that, right? <laughs> yeah, free time. What's that? Um, so, I, I mean, as a kid, I was only interested in really two things. It was music and it was video games, um, electronics, and, and, and nothing to do with books. And so... I've never really developed a, a love for reading or, or a passion for reading uh, until later in life. And, and, uh, and I went, after I went to college, uh, I began, I, I was kind of forced to read in college. Um, you know, if you've been through college, you know what writing papers is like. Yeah, most of us were forced to read in college. <laughs> um, but really that, that forced reading is, is what drove me to uh, become almost what I am today, uh, where I have, you know, I've really kind of developed a, a love and a passion for theology mm-hmm. through reading. Um, and, and so I, my, my wife laughs at me because, you know, we'll have books on our bedside table and she'll be reading, you know, uh, Harry Potter or Chronicles of Narnia or something along those lines. And I'll be reading a systematic theology book. <laughs> And she's like, you're such a nerd. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I am. Y'all are just reading uh, just different, uh, just have different things you're trying to get out of your reading (laughs) is what it is. (laughs) Well, I I do, I've learned to love reading, but I I still have a a hatred for reading when it's fluff, what I call fluff. Um, I don't do well with fiction and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but, but I love reading things that are going to help me learn and mm-hmm. are going to help me grow and be uh, a better person and, and, you know, really kind of build and develop my worldview, which has developed into a love for, uh, why I love apologetics so much. Yeah. Um, because that, that always ends up, you know, you know, learning things, you either you're studying arguments or you're studying somebody else's worldview to try to, uh, decipher why they believe what they believe or so, or something like that. So, yeah. Um, it's, is for me, reading is just one of those things that over my lifetime has changed my perception on a lot of stuff. Um, and I think if, if there's something that you, that you enjoy, it's going to do, it's going to challenge you. It's going to make you be a better person for you. That's music. You know, you, you have to practice music. You have to, you can't, you can't just not play your guitar for two or three years and then expect to pick it up and be exactly like you were two or three years ago. Right. You know, you have to work at it. And, and that's part of the, that's part of the fun. And that's part of the enjoyment or the hobby, I guess you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you get that hobby, hobby type stuff going on. Um, and so, so yeah, for me, for me, it's reading. I, I, I really enjoy it. I love it. Um, I've gotten now to where I, I set goals for myself each year on, on books that I want to read and stuff. Uh, what type of books I want to read. I've, I've really tried to start broadening my horizons a little bit and reading more stuff that I wouldn't necessarily read. Uh, I've taken a, a note out of Patrick's book 
or out of Patrick's world and, and tried to read more history books this year uh, than I have in the past. And, and that has been a learning experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will say that uh, something I've always admired about you, Rick, is your passion for reading and your passion for learning. That is like when, when he's talking about this, uh, just know that it's not like a he just started like last week thing. Like as long as I've known him, which is almost three years now going on it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, just about to be three years. Um, he has always had a passion for reading and learning and, and figuring out how to be a better follower of Jesus, a better, uh, husband, better father, better, um, disciple. Um, something I look up to, I'm, never been a big reader a couple of years ago i set a somewhat lofty goal to read you know 20 books or something like that and i read like five um which was about four more than i typically read in a year so um you know reading is never was never something that we you know growing up i've read to get through school but there was never any like extracurricular reading or anything like that so um it is something that i want to to get better at for sure yeah and and you know i love hobbies that that make the the people around you be better that's you know that's one of the reasons i also love music is you know i feel like music is one of those things that can drive you um because you again you have to practice music you have to you have to keep uh honing your craft you have to keep working at it um and, and it, it really gives you a drive and, and, you know, that's something that God puts in us as Christians. And that's, you know, mm -hmm. that's part of our, part of our worldview is, is what we call, and you may have heard this term human flourishing, you know, how do we, how are we the best at what God has designed us to be? What contributes to our flourishing? Yeah. Um, you know, for Patrick, I, I love that Patrick can, can sit down and, and play a guitar and, and pick out something and, and I've watched him do it. You know, he will, he'll want to learn something and he'll sit there and listen to the song or whatever. And he'll pick out the part and he'll get it exactly like it's supposed to be. And, and, and that is a, that is a passion for excellence in whatever it is that you're doing. You know, for him, it's music. It's, it's a, it's a, a passion to get it right. Um, and, and that's what drives me when it comes to music or when it comes to reading is a, is a passion to get it right. You want to, you know, it's I'm I'm not talking about the cultural aspect of like being on the right side of history, but the the aspect of doing it right, doing doing something the way God designed it to be done. Mm -hmm. um, you know, music is a gift that God has given to humanity to glorify Him, and so how do we use that gift? How do we how do we craft that and hone that into something that is glorifying to God and and you know, he gives you a talent and he gives everybody their own talent. And so how do you use that talent to glorify God? That's mm -hmm. uh, that's one thing I love about Patrick is he will, he'll sit down and he'll work at it and he'll use the talent that God has given him to, uh, you know, whatever, whether he's playing by himself or if he's playing in a band or if he's, if he's part of a group, he's going to give it the best that he has. He's going to give the most excellent uh, ability that he has to bring to the table. So, uh, yeah. What else is good, man? What else? What other kind of things do you like to do other than obviously drinking beer? Um, I mean, you know, we, we've talked about it. It's you know, it's been probably a long time since we mentioned it, but I, I enjoy a really good pipe. Oh, a good pipe, <laughs> or a or a sweet cigar. Yes. Um, fellowship sticks. You yes. got to call them by their Baptist name, fellowship yes. sticks. <laughs> um, my wife isn't a huge fan of the cigars just because the smell is much more um, pungent than pungent uh, pipes and pipe smell. But um, and those are things. Again, God created tobacco. God mm -hmm. created uh, grapes and hops, and, and like these are all things God created. If man takes them and turns them into something, you know, I'm not saying God is like partake in all the stuff at all the time and get as hammered as you can, <laughs> but I'm also not saying like, don't feel, I'm also saying like, don't feel bad about partaking in something that God created. 
mm-hmm. you know, there's a comedian. <laughs> he's he's pretty. He's not very well known. He's a very kind of odd guy. But he's you know he's talk, he talks about like you think God's looking down on us, going look what they're doing with grapes. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Like like God is not surprised by anything. And, and, and the point that the guy makes is really is really good. He says if God if we're going to say that God created everything, then that means that God created everything. Mm-hmm. And and it's you know you as a believer, if you're a teetotaling Baptist, you should not be turning your nose up at the non-denom the non-denominational or the or the Baptist in your church who's not a teetotaler, um, yeah. who's having a glass of beer or a glass of wine with dinner, like just because they live their lives different than you doesn't mean they worship Jesus. They worship a different Jesus than you do. Mm-hmm. So yep, yep. Um. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you one thing good that I have seen really in, in, in the last four or five years um, is, is almost, and inside the church is, is really where I've seen this, but it's almost the opposite of what is happening in the world today. It seems like in the world, in society and culture, in secular society and in secular culture, we are dividing or, or we're, we're sorting ourselves out. Mm-hmm. Um, really and truly, I mean, in the church, I have seen a greater unity. You know, we, we have made uh, comments on this podcast about, about people who are, are teetotalers or who are steadily against drinking and, and, and almost as if there's, if there's a wedge being driven in there. And the reality is that, that most of the people, the majority of the people are not that way. Right. Um, there, a, there is a small minority, and and unfortunately, they are a loud minority. Um, but but man, there is a lot of good that I have seen. Uh, people in the church recently, you know, they they've begun to really take seriously what it means to love your neighbor, whether your neighbor uh, voted for Joe Biden or not. Right. You know, whether he voted for Trump. You know, I I, I I'll give an example of my neighborhood. You know, there there's probably. Uh, a couple of hundred houses in our neighborhood and, and somebody posted one day that, uh, you know, their Biden sign had been stolen. And, and so what did another neighbor do who was probably more than likely possibly a Trump voter? You know, that we're about 99% Trump and about 1% Biden around here anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, they, they felt bad for the neighbor because the neighbor has the option. They have the right to, to espouse their own political views. So, Hey man, you go get your Biden sign. That that's cool. If you want to support Biden, that's fine. We'll yeah. we'll we'll sit down and grill hamburgers and we'll talk about it. You know why? Because we're neighbors, and that's more important than who we voted for in a presidential election. That's more important than our politics. Yeah, um, and, it, and it really should be more important because you know, you're if we look at everything through the lens of like God has us in a in a place for a purpose for a specific time, like. Like God has put you in your neighborhood mm-hmm. for a specific reason. Yeah. And you, it may not, it may not be clear what that reason is until after you're gone from that neighborhood. Like, but if yeah. you, but you know, love your neighbors, regardless of who they voted for, regardless of how they keep their yard, regardless of who their favorite football teams are. Like, like loving your neighbors should transcend all of that. Because it is a commandment from Jesus to to love your neighbor. <laughs> I don't know if y'all are aware of that, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever read the Bible before. Uh, hopefully, you have. But but there's this verse that says, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love the na- love your neighbor as yourself." Uh, and and then he says these cool two word or cool little phrase where it's all of the law and the prophets hang on this. And I don't know if you realize what he means by that, but he doesn't just mean, you know, oh, the Torah and this other stuff. No, he means basically the entire Old Testament has been teaching you this. And if you haven't figured it out now, I just summed it up for you in two little sentences. Right. Um, so, so, you know, understand that the most important thing that we can do as Christians is to love our neighbor and not love our neighbor who is like us, not love our neighbor who, uh, you know, supports us and agrees with us. It's love your neighbor, period. Yeah. 
Um, I think the church, the little C church, not the big, not big, the big C church, but the local little C church has done mm -hmm. its members a disservice by almost saying like, you have to come to where we are. You have to come yeah. to our building. You know, if you go to, you know, the Methodist church down the street or the Presbyterian church across town, like you don't have it. You're, you're not walking. You're obviously not a Christian. You're obviously not a Christian. <laughs> and, and that's really a sad state of affairs because there's, there should not be this idea of yeah. us all being on a different team. Yeah. Like the yeah. Baptists and the Methodists and the Presbyterians and the non-denominationals and, and all yeah. of them, like we're all on the same team. It shouldn't matter where we meet. But like yes. if, you, if you if you meet at the traditional Baptist church, because that's where you want to go, good on you. Go for it. I'm going to meet at the non-denominational contemporary church because that's where that's where I feel I need to be yeah. to get what I need yeah. from Jesus. So. It's good. You know, it's it, when you said that about, you know, God's put you in your neighborhood and, and all that, it, it reminded me of of the 16th chapter of Proverbs, and, and it starts off like this. It says, the plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. And, and you know, I can't think of a more adequate description of you are where you are because God has put you there. Mm -hmm. um, if you... If we believe in sovereignty, if we believe in, in the omniscience of God, then we say, wherever we are, God has put us there. So we've got we've to know how to make the best of, uh, or the most of that situation for the glory of God. Yeah. And, and, and that applies to where you live, that applies to the church you go to, that applies to your job, mm -hmm. that applies to, I mean, by extension, like what stores you shop at, or yeah. even like when you choose to go on a vacation somewhere, like God has you going to that location for a specific reason, other yeah. than just to sit on the beach and get roasted. So drink, drink my ties. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, be, be aware of your surroundings, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and I think the church has done a better job of that in recent years. I think yeah. we, we're improving in that area and that's, yeah. you know, kind of started. That's, that's where I think we're doing good. Yeah, um, I, I do wonder though if that is because there was like this rise in it being like cool to be in church, and then as those as the people who were the superficial Christians kind of got weeded out, you've got the more like deeply rooted, deep deep foundation, like strong yeah. foundation Christians who are still part of it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering if you know if the church is doing better because the um, the weaker Christians is that the best way to put that? <laughs> the more cultural Christians, yeah. If 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 they have kind of gotten away from the church, yeah, yeah. And, and that's why the church looks like it's like it it's doing better because they're more strong Christians. Yes. We're seeing a rise in discipleship. We're seeing a rise in in intentional living. Um, we're seeing a rise in, in the stuff that has been superfluous for for so many years is starting to to go off to the wayside. That was a good word. Wasn't that was it? a great word. I was <laughs> impressed by that word right there. That's a that's a seventy five cent word right there. Um, but we're seeing the stuff that that is uh, that was not committed. To Christ and his church, but was committed to their own agenda. Mm -hmm. uh, we're seeing that fall to the wayside. Now, the, the, where you have to siphon the bad news away from that is, you know, everybody's going to report that is, oh, the church is losing numbers and the church is dying and the church is this and the church is that. Right. Um, you know, in some, in some areas that is true, um, because there are some people who have abandoned the, the, you know, the foundations of scripture and the foundations of, of the Christian faith. And they are eroding quickly. Um, but they're eroding more into secularism. And, and I think that's where you can draw that line is to say, you know, look at this church. Okay. It's lost a few members. It's lost this and it's lost that. But man, look at the core of that church. Mm -hmm. They're committed. They're committed to the gospel. They're committed to this. And, and, you know, 
again, it's not about numbers. It's the the kingdom of God is not about numbers. The kingdom of God is about the glory of, of God mm-hmm. and it's the glory of Christ. Yep. And so so we have to look past the numbers and see what are they doing, what are they affecting for the glory of God. Yeah. And and that's where we'll see uh the truth come through. We'll see the truth shine through there. So Yeah. So well there you go. I think that's uh that's a pretty decent discussion on on uh things that we see that are going on good, things that we enjoy. Yeah. Um hope you've benefited a little bit from that, learned a little bit about us as who we are um as hosts. We want you to know as much as we can. Uh we realize we still have, have kind of hidden our names and all that and, and we'll see we'll see where that leads. But uh Rick, I mean Patrick <laughs> If they wanted to follow us on social media, where would they do that? Rick, they can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, at Twitter, um, or on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can find us on Facebook by searching the Beers for uh, searching Beers and Bible Podcast and looking for our logo. And then you can also email us over um, at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, your suggestions, discussion topics, general questions that you don't really want to have discussed, but would like to talk to somebody about. We'd love to uh, dive into that for you. Um, and we're on those social media sites until uh, they kick us off and we have to go to Parlor. <laughs> so I am refusing to join Parlor for the record. <laughs> I have one personally just to have one. I haven't navigated it enough to figure it out. It seems a little confusing. Um, I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook, and that's enough for me. Yep. I mean, that really (laughs) should... I mean... Yeah. When when Facebook dies, my social media will die with it. So there you go. (laughs) Well, I don't think it'll die. You just may be limited with what you can say on it. Anyway. So until next week, we hope you have some good cold beer. Uh, Enjoy it, and we will talk to you later. Peace out. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast.